Welcome to Hysteria Hour. <laughs> Supermodel Documentary Hour. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. Tom, hi. Hey, Elliot. <sighs> hi, listeners. Uh, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning Thanks in. Thanks for tuning in. To do you queer. What I queer. And that's Elliot. And that's Tom. And we are dick quick together. And we're nothing alone. We're no, well, we are certainly nothing alone. <laughs> and uh, thanks for coming on this journey with us today. As usual, we appreciate your um, <clears throat> support and guidance. Yeah. Uh, if you would like to continue <laughs> to support and guide us, you can leave us a comment. You can rate, review, and subscribe. You can tell all of your friends about our show. And also, yeah. if you feel extra generous, you can become a patron of our show by heading over to our Patreon or... You can buy some of our merchandise from our website, doyouqueer.com. I'm sitting here in this moment, and I just feel so absurd. Yeah, Tom and I have laughed to the near point of voiding our bowels prior to hitting record I on spat this. out water all over your poor apartment. And in, in the spirit of full disclosure, we were laughing at our own name of our own episode. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do with that information. The naming of the episode is always... One of my favorite things to do on this project. Yeah. Um, but this one really <laughs> takes the cake. It's it takes so, the corn. I'm absolutely so stupid. And uh, I hope people think we're half as funny as we find ourselves. I also think there's a whole lot of delirium going on. I think it's been a very long week, even though it's only Monday. I I feel as though every time Tom and I spend too much time together, my grip on whatever reality is seems to loosen. And yeah, I was actually dreading tonight for that reason because I was having a really sort of bad, anxious day and I was like, oh, I'm going to, when I see Elliot, I'm going to lose touch with reality. Yeah, the tether is basically snapped. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know where to go <clears throat> from here. There's really nowhere to go except just being honest with ourselves and trying to stay alive. Let's just do that, Tom. Let's live in that moment. <laughs> Jesse's laughing. Um, I had a yogurt face mask on earlier, so... It was disgusting. It was the third most appalling Aladdin I've seen this year. It was a homemade cocoa and coffee yogurt face mask, and Tom thought I was trying to do a Trudeau-esque brown face, which I would never do. Would you know never what? Do. You're disgusting for so many reasons. That Tell me face the first mask one. is right up there. Well... You've Feral, feral beast. Very on, very on point with this episode. Apropos of my color this week, I have some skin condition with redness and inflammation, so I'm just trying to combat it. I wish you'd be an ally in my times of need, Tom. I wish I won't, you would. I refuse not to support my. It's called angry positive space. You don't care about my dermal journey, and therefore I don't care about you. I mean, stop being so putrid to your body, and maybe you won't have bad reactions. I am only sometimes putrid to my body constantly is few and far between <laughs> at least i'm not a beast like some why don't you have another sip of wine and continue talking to me <laughs> oh, thanks for that wonderful suggestion tom <laughs> tom how are you doing well absurd yeah absurd yeah what is it that this this is so strange that we sit in your apartment on your couch and speak to each other into a microphone and then people listen to that it's, it's just an absurd um i don't know yeah it's like idea uh, and and yet it's a reality so it's a reality so what are we going to do about it 
Well, I guess talk about things that matter instead of our own hysteria. Okay, that sounds good. Let's <laughs> change gears. Um, we we mentioned this last episode, but we were going to an event in the village. Yeah. Um, it was the Army of Lovers put together by the 519 in um, an event, I believe, called United Against Hate. Yeah. Which, just to give everyone um, a little bit of background of it, so... A few months ago, there was this group called Christian Positive Space, huh. which is headed by Pastor David Lynn. And what they had done was they occupied a corner in the village, this was a few months ago, and preached like Christian values over a megaphone. Um, and when the LGBTQ plus community came back and said, hey, this is anti-queer speech, this is queer phobic, um, basically they said that um, they're not anti-queer, but that they only, quote, disagree with many lifestyle choices of LGBTQ people. Um, so that's the, that's what they say ideologically, but uh, the actual time when they were preaching over the megaphone, uh, Pastor David Lynn and a few of his Christian cohort um, were getting aggressive because a counter-protest um, of queer people had showed up in front of them, and then an altercation broke out, and police ended up arresting arresting the Christians, <clears throat> the, this group of Christians, a mm-hmm. few of them, basically saying that they were, uh, it was for public disturbance. Anyway, so then, um, flash forward to last Saturday um, in Toronto, and uh, Christian Positive Space had come back together and had organized a rally with signs and everything, and basically... Their issue is that they wanted to reclaim Church Street for its significance, of course, to Christianity and the name of the street. And they also had said that they feel like they have to walk on eggshells in today's society. Um, so they were, I guess, trying to take back positive space for Christianity, which... Such bullshit. The it's, rhetoric is such bullshit. And, and, and shout out, <clears throat> thank you so much to the 519, yeah. uh, the community organization that spearheads so many of the wonderful events in the village and just does so much for queer people in Toronto and beyond. And thanks for putting together the Army of Lovers. And it was such a special, it was such a special experience to get to march and to get to counter protest and... Uh, who showed up in the morning and it was pouring rain and people showed up in droves and they not everyone stayed but a lot of people stayed we were urged to stay as long as we could we mm-hmm. we met them at the front line we made sure they weren't allowed to march north through the village um <clears throat> they tried to go around us we basically shut them down and long story short it was a successful counter protest um so it really fucked me up yeah well of course right it's just really upsetting that we have to do this now still yeah, for a lot of reasons, but... Well, listen, Tom, can you... You wrote something really eloquent on your Facebook, <clears throat> and I know that you... You said you framed it to be digestible to... Yeah, I wanted to... What well, I guess I wanted something... <clears throat> I wanted to explain it to people. Yeah. It's like... Uh, I know this is rich because I have a podcast, but like so often in times I, I'm quite bad at putting thoughts together... But if I can actually sit down and sort of um, wrestle them and write them out, I, I can be more articulate than I want to. Um, and uh, I did want to share with my family because we have a, a complicated relationship with religion. And um, yeah, I want it to be digestible. Do you want me to read it? I would love if you could read it. Okay, hold on one second. Okay. I'm having a hard time 
articulating the events of Saturday at the Defend Church Street All Out Against Hate rally and how I was feeling during and afterwards, but I will attempt to in the name of transparency and to perhaps help folks understand what the stakes were for those of us on the street. I walked a block from work in the gray rain early afternoon on Saturday to one of the most intense sights I've ever seen in my privileged Torontonian bubble. I stood in the middle of the intersection of church and front in a drizzle surrounded by police. To my right, an invariable army of Christians, lined up with matching signs and matching faces, stoic, morose, like an army of the dead. The difference to my left was staggering, maybe the point of all this. Queen was blaring, people were dancing and shouting, a drag queen was living her wet truth in the sprinkling rain. Folks of all shapes and sizes and colors and abilities were yelling and raising hell. Between the groups in no person's land with me was a barrage of police complete with vans lining both front lines, bikes, and a lot of confused looks. The rain picked up and neither side was backing down. First, some context as far as I believe the situation. David Lynn was a pastor preaching hateful teachings with a megaphone during Pride Month on the corner of Church and Wellesley several months ago. Obviously, this was met with consternation from the queer community whose home is this very intersection. Eventually, the police stepped in and the pastor left, but he was fueled with a sense of empowerment, stating that he should be able to preach his rather hateful rhetoric wherever he pleases, thus obtaining a permit to organize a march in what he called a Christian positive space. As soon as the 519 got wind of this, they organized their counter rally to block the way of this misguided group, and so it was a stalemate. Here lies the age-old debate. No, freedom of speech does not permit you to say whatever you want to whomever you want under the guise of religious freedom. You don't get to do that. It's no secret that many queer people living in this community and elsewhere have actually experienced a great deal of trauma at the hands of religion. On the other hand, there are plenty of progressive ministries in the area of different denominations one could attend if the mark of the crucifix doesn't sear one's skin. In essence, we're good. Don't preach at us. We're not going to hell, and we don't need your help on our spiritual journeys. Don't let the closet door hit you on the way out. But I don't actually think they're looking to help us at all. We're not hateful. We love them. We just want them to find Jesus and go to heaven. Toronto belongs to everyone. We have a right to march and preach wherever we want. No, sorry, and no again. This was a targeted march against our people on our block. We're not marching to your tax-exempt churches, blasting share and doing death drops, although honestly we probably should be. Hate the sin, not the sinner. Well, maybe we then hate the belief, not the believer. Because I don't really hate these people beyond the police and the van barricade and the rain and the signs. I honestly could barely see them. And that was the frightful thing. These people could be anyone and they could be anywhere. Admittedly, when I finally arrived to the correct side of the rally, it was probably around four, which means both sides were very wet and stubborn. I quickly donned a rainbow cape and pin, provided by you, Elliot, <laughs> slithered to the front of the barricade and started chanting and cheering with my army of queer angels. It was confusing to know what was going on on the other side of the intersection, as rumors about what they were planning and, and where they were going were spreading around our dwindling group. We were encouraged over and over to stay put, and we were ready to sleep there. I dare say in that moment, we might have remarked that we would have died there. I think I did say that, because I'm not dramatic. <clears throat> Eventually, the Christians moved to March of Young Street, and the police stopped them as they did not have a permit. Thank you, bureaucracy. So they eventually disbanded, and in celebration, we marched the route they would have, back up Church Street, back to our church. The crowd swelled, and we cheered, and people waved flags out of windows, and the gray sky became a bright blue. And as we crossed back into our safe space, 
we felt just that. We've staved off our enemy. We'd protected our community from hatred. This was a story of resilience and vibrance and so thriving and it was a success. And this is a narrative queer people seldom get to tell. And this moment was remarkably important for so many people marching or cheering or even watching on TV because positive queer representation matters. The crux of the day and the problem in my opinion is this. I choked on my tears as I stood in the middle of that literal intersection observing both sides of church. A reasonable person might say, everyone is becoming so polarized and divisive. Can't everyone just respect each other's beliefs and get along? I admit, I thought this myself for a minute or two, and to that we say no. This isn't a hatred on both sides matter. To false equivalize in this case is unfair and dangerous. Queer people have the right to exist without harassment, religious or otherwise. We deserve safe spaces. Safe spaces do not need to exist for those people who haven't been oppressed. And in 2019, this is a sad concept to have to explain to people. The village doesn't matter to people the way it used to. Queer people are more widely accepted in the city in general, and that is also something to celebrate. But when I looked around at our community, at our collective strength and heart, we all recognized this is a space to protect. In fact, it is an absolute imperative. They will come back and we will sing and chant and dance and love in the rain again. The resistance is what binds, and no one's false interpretation of some old book is ever going to break that. Hold on to each other, queer babes. Tom, thank you so much for that. <clears throat> it's so beautiful. And I mean, I guess we'll leave our listeners with that to think about the importance um, of showing up for the queer community as such, and if you're not queer... Um, the importance of having these conversations as an ally around dinner tables, around people that might not want to have them, yeah. um, uh, working against polarization while still standing up for a community and for the safety of all people, and also breaking down an understanding when uh, one side of a debate seeks, like you said, um, harm and when the other side seeks mere existence. Right. Um, and so right. I guess exactly. without without saying anything further, this leads in perfectly to our um, amazing, brilliant, and dedicated guest we have this week, Noah Powers, who speaks a lot about his podcast project, which discovers ex exactly um, the importance of queer spaces for queer communities. So, yeah, without further ado, queer, here's I guess. Noah Powers. Bye. Here we are in the studio with Noah. Hi, Noah. Hi, hey. Noah. How are you guys? We're great. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you for coming to Dickwick. We're very excited to have you uh, in your transition of life between Montreal, Toronto, London. Yes. Not yeah. Ontario. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we still respect you for those in London, Ontario. Sort of. I, although, in, in all honesty, the people in London, Ontario, I don't really think they need an apology. Like, they know if they're there, right? They know. How many they people know. can we isolate? I do feel like I do have at least one close friend listening in London, Ontario. Right. A horse person, probably. No, don't. No. Megan, I love you. Anyway, moving on. Listen, Noah, hi. Thank you so much for coming. No problem. Thank you for coming. How are you feeling today? Good. I'm feeling great. Yeah? I'm very excited to be on and talk about everything that has to do with me being queer. Yay. Right. You came to the right place. Obviously. Yeah. We're um, gonna launch into a lot of a lot of different things, but like queerness, yeah, and like queer things, queer things, and like queer stuff, maybe. So specific, yeah. But maybe we should start with colors before. I want to start that. with colors. The queerest of them all, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Noah, will you pick up that microphone and hold it's it right to your face? Okay. Thank we'll, you. We'll do the phallic <laughs> thing. You. Yeah. Thank Yay, you. Tom. Do you want to start? Oh, sure. 
Fantastic. My color is like a um, a plump nectarine. Mm. Like just like Call me by your name. Uh, mm. So oh yeah, you know what? You're taking me there, so I'm gonna go there. Like like sort of like plucked off a like feathered willow tree. No, they don't go on willow trees. <laughs> and like just the juice. It's just so ripe that it's like bursting with juice yeah. and like spurting out and like sticking to my body and like it's just like. It's tasty, it's um, fulfilling, mm. it's refreshing, mm. it's like a new start, a new beginning, and sexuality is just oozing through me. That's my color. That was a lot. That was a journey. I'm so proud of you. I think that could have been simplified in one word in like horny. <laughs> <laughs> Juicy nectarine yeah. has some connotations for sure. Okay, I went to acting school, so fine. Horny, go. That was wonderful. Um, my color is like rosacea on your face. Um, is the color that I'm going with because I recently fell asleep in the sun for a little bit too long. <laughs> was feeling very like lazy, relaxed, taking a stress nap, but also the kind of stress nap that will harm you in the long run, which is very my flavor. Um, hello, hi, my name's Elliot. Right. I'm a stress addict. Um, so now I have like facial rosacea, also known as a sunburn in this Facia? Facia. <laughs> Wait a second. Do you actually suffer from rosacea? Um, I have something that doctors don't know what it is. It's like all under my nose here. And it got really bad when I fell asleep in the sun. Mm. Also, pointing to things on a podcast really helps. I've I heard. think yeah. it might yeah. be cancer. Listen, Tom, you know that that's a fear of mine, so thank you You're for welcome. taking me there. My color is now fear. Dark, dark, dark. Just dark, pure black. Fear. Just yeah. pure black, yes. yeah. Noah Powers, what is your color? I'm going to have to go with, like, a purple... It's been kind of, you know, a moody, a moody, uh, a moody week being mm. back in Toronto. Fair. Uh, a lot of things going on as I'm going back to or going back to school and going to London and stuff like that. So I'd have to go with like a good royal purple. Mm. I love that. Very regal. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought about this as well. Like an you know? aubergine sort of. Cute. Tom's just still horny. Can't <laughs> like <something> about <laughs> eggplants. Like an egg. <laughs> no, I'm actually not horny. Well, I guess I am. Anyway, sips your beer. No, okay, so our, our listeners have no idea what's going on right now. Can yeah, you tell just them a, random. a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I grew up in Toronto, and then I moved to Montreal to do my undergrad at McGill. Um, between the summer of, like, my last year and then, well, basically this summer, as I'm going to grad school in the fall, uh, I basically got this fellowship um, that was based in Montreal at a research center that does, like, certain policy stuff cir- circled around, like, um, fighting isolation and social connectedness and trying to promote uh, like a sense of belonging amongst people um, and so I got hired to basically do a research project on queer spaces and as part of our huge research project we had to do something that kind of engaged the community and makes our research more accessible to the communities that we're researching and obviously the gays love podcasts so that's what I decided to do that's and, so cool. Yeah. Which is surprising because the gays like to talk usually and not listen. So what I did guess- you say? <laughs> <laughs> or do both at the same time. Yeah, that's know? so yeah. true. I talk yeah. also while I'm listening to podcasts. That's perfect. That's really exciting. And I can't wait to delve more into that. Yeah. So it's called Queer Here, Queer There. And it was basically because I was very resource and time constrained. It's only four episodes. Uh, but I basically just look at how queer spaces, so things like gay bars or community centers or like on a bigger scale, gay villages have changed since their inception in like the 20s. We do this a lot, but pause this podcast. And if you're not already subscribed, rating and reviewing that podcast, Queer Here, Queer There, then you need to do that right now. Yeah, do that. Make sure you rate and review because it's important. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, also other podcast hosting sites, SoundCloud. Yeah, it's also on SoundCloud. Uh, I had to change it over because the uh, policy research center I'm working for is very broke. So I had to go to a free thing. Yes. Um, Oh, yes. In classic... uh, 
in classic nonprofit ways. But yeah, right. it's still all available on everything. Queers don't have money. No, nonetheless, no. like research for queer people, you know, yeah. absolutely yeah. none. Why would anyone care? <laughs> um, I'm going to break the fourth wall here. My cat is going to be very upsetting. And I know that you're semi-allergic. So if I I'm just yeah. shouting, it's because of her. <laughs> Artemis, can you not for 25 seconds? In your defense, Noah, sh- she's not a cat. She's more of a lizard, like wrapped in a, a <laughs> mink. I'm, I don't know if I'm allergic or not. I just was at a situation where there was both a dog and a cat. Jesse, Jesse can you figure this out, please? Like, what are we paying you for? Does she not have water? She shouldn't drink his water. Oh, oh, she's my cute God. though. Yeah, yeah. no, she's not. She's, she's not. a demon. <laughs> a demon in disguise. Um, okay. Jesse, stay in there with her. <laughs> so, free hosting podcast sites. Yes, everyone can find it. They should pause this, listen to that, binge it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, very bingeable. Four episodes, pretty easy. They're all under an hour. Binge today, it's amazing. <laughs> um, what surprised you about the pro- the queer here, queer there project? Like I, what, was it? Did it end up how you thought it was gonna go? Well, first of all, as you probably know, producing a podcast is a lot more work than I ever could have anticipated. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and because there was like a really big research focus, I did a lot of like um, not archival work, but looking into things that people have not really written about academically or in any type of like media source. It was pretty hard to find a lot of things. Um, but I was really surprised about how far back queer history goes. It's something that I was surprised when I was reading about like French soldiers having a threesome in a field outside of Montreal in like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. It's stuff that I like I I'd, could not have anticipated. <laughs> I and do you think there's actually a police officer that caught them and watched for 10 minutes and so I was like, mm, you know, what's he doing there? So if there wow. are such things as past lives, I was definitely in that field and Tom was definitely the police officer watching. As if I would stand and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> you would arrest me in 25 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, speaking of history, too, can we take a step back from this project for a second just to highlight you, Noah, for our listeners as well? Can you tell everyone a little bit about your personal queer history? Yeah, I mean, my personal queer history didn't really start, I guess, until I came out in Montreal, like after high school, obviously. I feel like that's a pretty uh, common experience. A lot of amongst a lot of young queer people is that high school can be a pretty like not conservative, but like everyone's experimenting, doesn't really know what they are doing. I went to a pretty like socially conservative high school here in Toronto, so mm. it wasn't necessarily the best place to like be myself. But afterwards, I didn't really start getting involved in any like queer related issues um, probably until like my last year of university. So um, mainly just because I didn't have the knowledge, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's where it really started. And part of this pro- project and the podcast was really trying to um, delve like I guess kickstart my queer history and trying to be more involved in this community because it's something that I've seen throughout my entire university experience that a lot of people are lacking so cool very closely mirrors I think our reasoning for starting this I like podcast I like project podcast (laughs) for this podcast here I find is like Tom and I tried to insert ourselves or build a community around where we felt yeah. Um, that we were just locked. prod our way in everywhere exactly very non-violently <laughs> um i feel like you've already answered this but we're gonna ask it just because that's what we do here we're very redundant yeah. uh, but our season three question is um what has fostered your queerness and also in turn how do you foster queerness in other people yeah i mean for me it was interesting because uh like i'd never really identified with the term queer until i don't know like maybe eight months ago just because I purely didn't know that like it's an all-encompassing term and it's something that has been reclaimed and more accepted um, so part of that 
and part of accepting my queerness and fostering it within myself was actually realizing that this word exists and that it can be used in a positive term or a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the first step. But also I have now, after being involved in this project and realizing how important the actual sense of community is amongst queer people, having that as kind of a baseline has helped me foster it within myself and realizing that connections between queer people are so important because it's how basically we got all of our rights up until this point. Um, And then I guess fostering queerness in other people, it's kind of going off of that as well. I mean, this project that I was involved in um, throughout the summer was basically my efforts to foster queerness in other people and try to uh, promote this idea that these spaces that I researched are important and not only for the queer community, but for people more generally. Um, but yeah, and also just bringing these issues wherever I go, you know, to my parents' house or <laughs> uh, or elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, trying to put this at the forefront of everything I do in the, f- uh, in the future is definitely a way. Awesome. That's fucking awesome i was gonna yeah i mean you just touched on it directly i was gonna ask you going into this listening to your show today um there's the history is so rife obviously and can it continues to be rife and like the the necessity for this project you can hear even through the guests that you interview i was wondering can you boil down like maybe three two or three points that you've learned that you just want to shout in people's faces from doing this project <laughs> and then shout them yeah yeah <laughs> yes um so I, I mean, throughout the, and I mentioned this in the podcast, but the, the, there's like three main things that are happening to these queer spaces. Um, and the first one is kind of like a positive and a negative. So it's just the fact that like queer people, we don't really have to live in like a village anymore. We can just, you know, walk and live anywhere and well, most places and mm-hmm. walk outside and not like fear for our safety. And so that's led to kind of like queer people can live wherever they want. They don't have to have like a physical concentration anymore. If you compare that to like the early queer rights movements in the 60s and 70s, it's basically a complete 180. Maybe Mm -hmm. in just in urban centers in America. That's an important like asterisk. Like I had this conversation with my boss where she was like, oh, like what about, you know, queer spaces in Asia and, you know, elsewhere other than North America? And like those spaces don't even exist, so it's mm-hmm. like impossible to research. And that was something that was important to recognize as well with yep. uh, this project. Um, the other thing was like technology and like every gay man's or queer man's uh, arch nemesis grinder. How it's basically like not it was the mid it's the new middleman, whereas the gay bar used to be the middleman. So if you want to go meet people, it's like you don't even have to go to a bar anymore. It's just like, oh, you know what? You can go on Grinder and have like three hundred people right there. Yeah. Um, And then the last thing is gentrification, which is a huge problem here in Toronto's village and in Montreal. Um, Basically, they're not really gay anymore. They're not really for queer people anymore. They're kind of just for the broader general population. Um, So those were like the three main factors that kind of came to the forefront through the conversations that I had, uh, but also the other research that I did. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's hard to fight against Grindr and it's hard to fight against gentrification and it's hard to argue that the rights of queer people progressing is a is a bad thing mm-hmm. so um but yeah i guess those are the things that i could shout yeah <laughs> amazing yeah also too i mean you again just touched on this but um intersectionality as a very important aspect to queer spaces with like the asterisks at the end i was wondering if you could speak just a little bit without giving too much of your show away um about what it meant for you to research um and have a lack of certain identities, let's say, in these spaces. Yeah, so like straight off the bat, it's mainly centered on gay males, um, like white gay males. And that's always kind of been the focus of like the queer rights movement. Like if you look at how um, like Marsha P. Johnson was 
treated as a trans woman of color, like during the queer rights movement, it was awful. Um, so, and that's kind of in the research as well that I've done is that you don't really see spaces for queer people or queer women or trans women. It's mainly just focused on like, oh, this is a gay male club and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess another thing that I was surprised about is that Montreal actually did have something that was called like a lesbian village uh, in the 70s and 80s. And obviously that doesn't exist anymore because the area that it's in now is like super, super, you know, hip or uh, which is like just code for gentrified as well. And right. it's basically just uh, completely changed the neighborhood. And so it's stuff like that that it's important to recognize as well that I'm coming at this from a perspective of like I'm only reporting what I can find because there's so much that just isn't there. Like um, it's there's not like I don't think probably in Toronto or Montreal there's a bar that focuses specifically on trans like having trans events or something like that. And it's like we're probably pretty far away from that happening as well. And so, so. I'd yeah. say the closest things probably in Toronto are Glad Day and the Beaver have pretty good um like qpoc trans night like there's it's not a it's not a space per se and anyway yeah there's definitely events you can search out but it's not it's not forefront it's not like the main focus you know yeah and there's similar stuff in montreal like there's a i think it's like a monthly party called glitter bomb Mm. if you've heard of it in montreal that there's this uh bar that's kind of like way out in the mile end that's so it's not near the village at all it's not near like the downtown area at all um that hosts like very very inclusive events once a month or once or twice a month but cool. yeah totally it's not in the village or anything like that it's not a highlight it's something that's very temporary yeah it's tragic i'm wondering in your research you talk a lot about um uh, loneliness and mental health within the community um and also obviously what you've just said the pros and cons demons of grinder i'm wondering personally um, are you how invested are you in this? Like, is it coming from a a place of of something you've experienced? Yeah, and I'm it. It definitely is, and I mean, I feel like it's a common experience amongst anyone who uses Grinder that it's like somewhat promote like you going on Grinder is somewhat uh, like promoted by loneliness, and then often as a result, it just reinforces that loneliness as well. And that's something that I personally experienced. But then I think I've. Uh, like an important thing that the nonprofit that I work for worked for makes an important distinction between loneliness and then social isolation. So loneliness is something that like we can experience, so we can feel lonely. But then social isolation is more of like a structural thing. It's right. more of like a systematic thing. Um, and so when you look at like feelings of loneliness and what I have in terms of that, like in terms of grinder, in terms of being rejected by guys on grinder for like any number of reasons or anything like that, for sure, I've definitely felt that. And then I've also felt loneliness because of like social isolation as well. So that's something that I focused on as well as how these community spaces and these bars and everything like that has really um, tried to connect queer people with one another, like Mm -hmm. historically, and how as we're moving into something that relies more on tech, like a society that relies more on technology, we're definitely losing that sense of community and that sense of belonging. And that's kind of the social isolation part of it. And so I've definitely experienced that. I mean, I barely go to like gay bars in Montreal just because it's not really like pride is the only time that they're actually super, super busy. And it's just kind of like a thing that's there. It's not really like an active, uh, like an active site. Mm -hmm, And so it's stuff like that social isolation that kind of drove me towards this project and towards my interest as well. Right. Do you find other, I'm wondering, I don't know how relevant this is, but do you find other spaces like with like-minded people that you're able to exist in, like whether it's in academia or other spaces that exist for you that aren't 
online? Yeah, one of the things that I actually really found really valuable as part of this project was connecting with all the different people that I connected with. So uh, a lot of the guests on the podcast, but then there's just a lot of people that I just called um, just because they had were doing research or were interested in something that I was also interested in. Um, and it definitely kind of made me feel not alone. I felt very much at the beginning of this project that I was like, oh my God, I'm like by myself in this. Like no one's really done a lot of work on this. Mm-hmm. But as I kind of moved into it more and more, I... Um, definitely had that and you feel that in Montreal as well Montreal is like people are like it's a queer city in North America and it's definitely true you do have a really really big community of queer people and it's something that uh, I've had trouble connecting with in the past uh, just because of like my own internalized homophobia and stuff like that but throughout the past year and especially throughout this summer just working on this project and being more aware of the issues I've tried to immerse myself more in it that's so cool Tom loves personal journeys. <laughs> I, I love that personal journey too. I think that's really special. It's, and usually I fight against academia and like theory and research. Yeah, but, you hate that. But now that I'm hearing that, it fucks you in a positive way. I guess I can't be against it. So we've been friends for five or six years and I've been in school the whole time and I've never once moved you with something I've said. So that's, Would we say we're friends? Okay. Listen. Colleagues. <laughs> Colleagues. Work partners. In the strictest Purely professional. Sense. Come guzzlers. Um, <laughs> I don't guzzle come, you know that. I do know that. Um, this is not really a question as much as a talking point. Excuse the sirens outside. Yes. They're always. coming for you for attacking me just now. They better bring a fleet. <laughs> um, something that I was picking up on that a lot of the professionals had said in, in your show is that um, what drove these spaces to exist essentially was cruising, or like a large factor for it was cruising, um, specifically by men specifically by gay like usually white men cruising um and that's really interesting to kind of reconceptualize space as safety seeking instead of for sexual purposes there's also thinking a lot about like asexual folk that are in the queer community i wonder what a future might look where there are spaces where it's not it's not even to meet people to fuck but it's to meet people to connect you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i was wondering if if you have any insight on that or any input or like if there's even something we like we could Mm -hmm. come up with together you know, to kind of foster that in our own community. So I find the sex thing, I mean, everyone, not everyone, a lot of people like to have sex, but it's not the be all end all, you know? And like in Grinder, in this aspect, the cruising is what's driving loneliness, which is really interesting and kind of counterintuitive. Does this make sense? This is a head scratch. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we can answer this, but, but it's, it's not a it's, question. It's not a question. Yeah. I, it was just something I was struck by through this research. I find it really fascinating. Yeah, I think that it, it's yeah it's definitely like it's hard to look at because if you look at like the history of these spaces it is very sex focused um and like specifically cruising sites like montreal historically there's been a bunch of parks that have been since like the 1800s these sites of like uh basically the only places where you could meet other queer men if you're in the 1800s and yeah you, basically have no idea that other gay people exist but you're like here through the grapevine that you could go to this park and see other people yeah um and it's something that like historically has felt very much as like a lifeline um to know that you're not the only person feeling homosexual attractions as they called them Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's interesting going forward of like how can you try to desexualize it i think and if you still think about gay clubs and stuff like that there is a large proportion of people that are there to find people to hook up with or to meet just other uh queer people for any type of relationship right and so there's yeah and i think that 
if you're shifting it more towards like an actual community basis, having spaces that like aren't focused on alcohol and aren't focused on going out and clubbing and stuff like that is really important. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so stuff like the 519 here in Toronto or there's the CCGLM in Montreal, like community centers that are trying to actually focus on community rather than sex. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. It's very important. It's something that I want to do more work to bolster, I think, mm-hmm. as an auction item personally. Yeah, I mean, I look for, because I've played a bunch of like queer sports leagues and that's sort of my alternative way of connecting with a community mm-hmm. um, but there I mean it can't be denied that it's sort of the same people it's sort of the same you know right the outreach is cis, cis white men who exist so I don't know and I mean like to that point as well it, it's not inherently bad that people would go somewhere to cruise like it's, it's not you know it's just it's I think and I'm someone who also uses like being sexually explicit as a form of activism, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. It's just that when that becomes the focus of an entire space, like as we see through your show, like, you know, then there yeah. be issues. I actually had to uh, tone down my language because of the nonprofit that I worked for. True, <laughs> It's technically like a nonprofit. It's professional, you know, and they have fun. Um, they have like they fundraise and they have sponsors. So that's I, so interesting. I noticed you had a, um, a disclaimer off the top. Yeah, I, yeah the disclaimer was, yeah. was not my idea. Yeah. And, like, there was some instances where, like, I had to get my boss to basically, like, read over the script in advance. Like, the script, I right. say that loosely. It's more just, like, so talking So you can't points. call your guests cum-guzzling whores. Or talk no. about, like, felching probably in back rooms. <laughs> no felching, no fisting, none of that. Damn. Even right. though it definitely happened, you right. know? But, right. um, yeah, so that was kind of a limiting aspect as Do well. Do you even pee on your guests? <laughs> <laughs> Is it even a podcast if yeah. you're not peeing on your guests? No, I, I don't think uh, <laughs> my guests would have appreciated that. <laughs> Appreciated? Anyway, moving no, on. I'm very stupid. We're done. Absolutely not. Can you can you give us like a, a, an example or would that breach the of peeing on your guests? No, not of peeing on your guests. <laughs> I I went into some uh, I I wouldn't even call it graphic detail, but how I talked about like the threesome in the field and then the cop watching them. Mm-hmm. I made a remark about how you know the cop watching them for ten minutes. Like, did he enjoy it? Did he not? Was he in it for like the thrill of it? Um, and he's probably fingering himself. Probably. <laughs> he's probably very into it. That's yeah. my that's my guess. Yeah, but my boss was not into that. So. <laughs> Um, so that unfortunately had to get cut. But other than yeah. that, the censoring was pretty light. That's good. Good. Yeah, that's such a good image. I'm just picturing him sitting on like a husk of corn, you know, like country girls. <laughs> country girls do it better. Yeah, exactly. yeah, in a field, you know. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Oh, I love that corn hungry beast. Oh my god, Dom. <laughs> okay, um, what's next for you? Um, I am moving to London on Saturday. <gasps> ah. Oi, yes. top of the morning to you, mate. No, no that's I was actually, absolutely not. I was actually that's practicing cool my British accent today. Can we I was hear like, it? <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, do it right us? now. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying to replicate like a a really really bad like Love Island accident or accent. Oh um, yeah, Love Island, mate. <laughs> No, that's Australia. That's not, yeah. yeah. Which is also, they also have a Love Island, though, so you're not far yeah. off. But that's kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I can convince some people that I've, like, lived here for five years or something like that. Or well, Sounds guess, like a fun challenge. You should do that. Yeah, you know, just to, like, add on to the stress of going to grad school, mm-hmm. I should also try to keep up this act of being... Yeah. <laughs> being... It sounds very easy <laughs> for yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm going to the London School of Economics for city design. So cool. very oh. well. It's like uh, those are words. <laughs> yeah, words. Yeah. Um, but it's basically looking at how like 
urban planning and design can be used as a I know that you don't like this research tool. <laughs> um, oh, I vetted myself, haven't I? Yeah. 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 <laughs> to basically, yeah. So I'm like in a studio for eight hours one day doing right. drawings of basically public squares, which Do is going to be really fun. people just speak about their feelings on buildings? Like, that's what I imagine. Absolutely not, Tom. That's why we have others who didn't go to acting school to actually make <laughs> spaces available for people to use, unfortunately. I'm feeling very attacked. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm attacking you right now. <laughs> um, are you planning on bringing any of your insights into your new studies? Yeah, there's actually... Clear up those fucking buildings. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was actually really lucky that I talked to one of... Uh, there was a professor that I just happened across who made this... Or I, I don't even know if it's a conference or some type of like speaking event that was all about how Grinder has changed urban spaces. Mm. So I actually spoke to him, not for the podcast, but just kind of being like, oh, hey, what's up? And he was like, oh my God, this seems like such a cool project. And I'm taking his class. So it's like making those connections already. But Great. I love that. Yeah. And I think that it's something that isn't very well researched. And so hopefully I can, I mean, I'm in a class of like 20 people. So hopefully I can. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really. Uh, queer some people up that's so exciting you'll have to check back in with us i will yeah the candle just went out which is a sign that's kind of spooky the gregorian chanting is gonna start (laughs) just ignore jesse in a robe don't know can you plug your things for us one more time your podcast and any other public candles yeah so the podcast is called queer here queer there um i don't really have any other social media for it just because it's like very small but i have my personal instagram if you want to follow along with my life slip into his dms yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, it's sir.nopo. I actually changed it today to reflect the, the British. Oh, I love the, that. Yeah, to try to, you know, change it, change That's it great. up, you know, so, new great. environment. Yeah. Um, okay, I was going to go on a tangent with this. Can we do a bad, worst grinder story based on what you were saying? Or is that, do we, do we have, have one? I have so many. Can, would you share a highlight for us? Um, Why don't you go first? Yeah, go for it. Let me. Yeah, I can. I can do one. It's. It's. Um. I'm pretty sure I've said it on this podcast before, so I can give Cole's notes. But um, my partner Timothy and I met this couple on Grinder. Um, this isn't even like terrible Grinder. It's just like that's how we met. We took a bus. It was an hour and a half away. Took a bus to this partner's house. Um, long story short, ended up getting fisted without a glove. I contracted syphilis. Um. A lot of stuff happened, and then we later found out that one of the people was related to my partner, like a cousin. So his cousin fisted me, gave yeah. me syphilis, and keep fucked it, him. Keep it in the family. Honestly, keep it in the family. Yeah. Incest is the last taboo. <laughs> God damn it. All right, Cersei. So if it wasn't for Grinder, I never would have had that amazing story. Maybe that was a best Grinder story? Yeah, I mean, I... You guys couldn't have seen this, but my jaw was dropping the entire time um, <laughs> that you were talking about that, because I don't think that any of my stories compare to that. Um, I've definitely been catfished a few times. Mm. Yeah, one of them I had to... Sorry take... about that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> one of them, the guy was like, I'm allergic to latex, so can you buy some latex-free condoms on your way? And latex-free condoms are like triple the price of regular condoms, so... <gasps> Oh, and the, you're a student. You I'm a student on a budget. I was like 19 oh and God. I'm get there and he's like blocked, you know, I ring the doorbell. There's no answer. Nothing like that. Um, so fucking rude. I don't know. Do people get off on that? That's so confusing. Honestly, I have no idea, but there goes $30. So Ugh. if that person's listening, you better e-transfer. <laughs> fucking better now. e-transfer that fucking. I don't think that's the worst though. I think the worst is definitely the time I actually lost my virginity. Oh. <gasps> 
Yes. Oh my god. Um, the guy uh, had an accident all over my sheets. Mm, sorry. Yeah. About that. <laughs> I had to. Uh, worse in You're my so polite. Had an accident in my parents' house. <gasps> oh no. Yes, and I had to wash my sheets three times to get all the stains out before they came back from their vacation. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, you should have thrown those sheets out. Can we talk about nice severity? Uh, was it like, like a splash, or was it like the whole meal? Ew, my God. Like a, can I give you like a percentage coverage that of sheets? Sounds fantastic. Maybe like thirty to forty percent. So it was not a splash. Did you roll around in it like a feral pig? <laughs> my first time having gay sex. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> that is that is a large percentage of. A it was oh, no. yeah. It was a lot. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. Oh no, that poor deer. But also poor you. Yeah. My first story. time, I was like, "Is this what gay sex is like?" And the answer is yes. It, yes. You ripped up your yes. gay card and lit it on fire. <laughs> Literally every time, like now I'm just like, every time it happens, like even just a little bit, I'm like, oh my God, this is no big deal compared to what happened the first time. You have like war flashbacks of yeah, washing like, those sheets three times. That's so Raven. Oh my God. <laughs> Tom. Well, I guess that's in the future. Uh, my, I don't, see, see, I don't use Grinder very often, or at least I don't meet up with anyone that I actually meet because I'm such a scaredy cat. Right. But I have occasionally, like one time in my old building... Some guy was like, I want to suck your dick. I was like, cool, you can come up and suck my dick. I'm leaving all my clothes on, and I'm actually going to stand in the doorway. And so he came in. He, oh, and then he asked, oh, can I be naked? I said, sure. And so he came in, took off all his clothes, sucked my dick, and then left. Which was that's fine. Not, that's and not worse. That's, that's, that's great. And then, like, the other day, actually, I turned on Grindr the other day, and there was a man who was talking to me, and he was like, oh, do you live in blah, 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 blah? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, what floor? I said, 16. Oh, I live in floor 16. I was like, oh my God. Was it a blank profile? Oh my God. Yes. Oh. No, no, it was just a torso. Oh. And I said, well, I couldn't possibly know that because I don't see your face. He goes, well, I'm not going to show you my face because I'm not out of the closet. Not so that said, like, we're done. Sorry, continue. No, that's it. So then I said, well, show me your face. And so we did. And I was like, oh, you're in 16D and I'm 16E. So we like, our doors open up to each other. Are you going to fuck? Never say never. We'll check in next week, folks. <laughs> I love that. Those were two great stories. Okay, wait. The, wor- the yeah, <laughs> this is like we have horror stories. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my, my god, I'm this My worst one guy. is when I got to Hawaii and I like didn't have anywhere to stay, so I went on Grinder. And so I met a guy who's staying at the Hilton. So I went and meet up, met up with him and his friends. And his friends were delightful, and he was a hoot. And I didn't want to touch him at all. <laughs> so I just hung out. Like we just became friends, and we hung out the whole week. This another is still another great story. story. Yeah. Listen, you're going to have to check back in when something awful happens to you over Grinder. Okay, awful things have happened, just not on Grinder because I don't use it. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. That's fair. Sorry. Everyone knows your, your worst stories. Um, but I'm really impressed that you can go to a city and just not get a hotel because of Grinder. I mean, this was at the this was months and months of like traveling around. I never got any hotels. You're an absolute trollop. Can we transition right now to a lightning round? Oh my god, yes. Noah, are you ready? Don't lie. Don't oh cry. My. Don't lie, but also oh, okay. don't cry. Okay, okay. I will try not to cry or lie. Okay. I'm going to start. Okay, <laughs> Tom? What about Fry? Okay. Noah, what are your pronouns? Uh, he and him. Favorite swear word? Fuck. What's your favorite body part? I thought you were going to say accident. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty sheep. Shit, yeah. <laughs> um, favorite body part on myself or others? Pick one. Uh, chest and arms. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite movie? 
too hard. Can it's I a, skip? Yes. Too hard? I've seen that. <laughs> oh my god. Too hard too is greater. Um, what's your favorite mythical creature? A griffin. Yes. Oh yeah, good. Uh, what's your favorite noise? Um, the sound a dog makes, like that's equivalent to a purr of a cat, that only happens sometimes. Oh my god, I don't know what that is. How do you not have a favorite movie, but you have that locked and loaded? That's <laughs> yeah, because there's so many bizarre. movies, you know, and this is such a specific and just sound. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should change it to favorite queer movie. Yeah, that yeah, makes more right. sense. Yeah. Um, who is your celebrity crush? Uh, now or growing up? Uh, oh, I, I want both. Yeah. Okay. When I this isn't lightning round, but that's when fine. I it never is literally. <laughs> yeah. When I was like figuring out my identity when I was like 12 or 13, um. A&E was playing a marathon of Criminal Minds, and it was Shamar Moore. Mm. Oh, good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's now? And who's now? Shamar Moore. <laughs> Actually, I don't even think I've watched an episode of Criminal Minds since then. Um, honestly, I'm going to have to go with um, Timmy Chalamet. Oh. Uh, yeah. A thousand percent agree. Did you see the picture of him in the suit? Of course, I'm not an invalid. Every single gay person. (laughs) An invalid, Tom. It's very bizarre. He's just so. Anyway, he's straight though. We need to stop liking straight guys. Um, Who's your queer icon? That's another hard one. Yeah, it's hard. I would honestly have to say. I think Elton John. Oh, yeah. it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you wish you knew more about? Oh, my God. These are not lightning round questions. These no, are hard. They're no. queer lightning round yeah, questions. Yeah. We really queered up a lightning yeah. round. I honestly wish I knew more about, I think, like, the queer rights movement in other parts of the world that are still happening now. Same. Whoa. Yeah, me too. Um, I need to stop commenting. <laughs> oh, it's your turn. Mm. Yes. What would your friend say is your best quality? Um, I'm caring and loving. Aw. I've never met anyone like that. Uh, what are you most grateful for? I am definitely most grateful for my parents. They've been very accepting and um, promoting of my work, even though I did have an argument with them <laughs> before I came here. Uh, they've been they've been there for me, and I've had a very positive experience with them, so definitely my parents. Aww. That's so sweet. I know, that's so sweet, yeah. What do you hate about straight culture? Yes, the word hate is strong, and yes, I used it. Can it be straight male culture instead? Yeah, fuck yeah. I hate how straight men call each other bros and dudes all the time. It's my biggest pet peeve. Tom, do your voice. What? Yo, bro. <laughs> I don't know about that, dude. Anyway, uh, moving on. Absolutely That's making not. my skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. my hole is so sorry about, now. Sorry about that, bro. Wow, what's your queer superpower? These are hard. Yeah, I know. These are not easy. Um, can you define a queer superpower for me? Give sure, me an like, example. What are you, like, what are you, how do you sort of harness your queerness to be, like, really good at something? Does that make sense? <laughs> Sure, it can also be a little more fantastical. Yeah, I was going to sure. say, like, invisibility to, like... <laughs> yes, go with that. Go with okay. that. Continue. That's invisibility, yes. What you would know. you do with invisibility? Um, spy on your grinder dates. <laughs> your perfectly no bad thing happening grinder dates. You can come to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, is it me? I don't know, yeah. What's your biggest queer fear? Fuck. Um... Getting honestly getting catfished and having it be like ten times worse than it's already been. Ooh, like getting murdered. 
like getting murdered. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real one, unfortunately. And what is your queer mantra? Just joking, we'll leave them in. Yeah, you, I'm just going to keep you guys waiting for 10 minutes while I think. <laughs> um, honestly, I would say... Be loud. I think that that's a good one. And I think that that in like my... I don't want to say my generation, but our generation of queer people, it's something that like assimilationist people very much subscribe to the opposite of that. So that would definitely be my mantra. Cool. You so looked good. right at Al- Elliot when you said our generation. Yeah, that's, that's fine. fine. He's just very perceptive. Just moving on. I, I can mean, I'm probably like, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm, I'm How a old young, are you? I'm 21. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, wow. I'm a child. What? What? Yeah. 21? How old do I look? I, I have, thought you were my age. I have age dysmorphia, so I was... Also gonna say yeah maybe twenty five yeah 25. okay amazing glad I can know for <laughs> can pass for a twenty five year old also are we letting age dysmorphia slide yes yep. okay wasn't sure um <laughs> we have two more things to do first there is um there is a being that is just hovering over your shoulder if you could just take a look at at her and just maybe let our listeners know what feeling she's giving you yeah like. what do you see what is it, what is coming up okay inside of you? so just because it's wearing a red hood mm-hmm. is it a hoodie or is it just a hood it's a hoodie okay well i'm gonna perceive it as a hood i'm <laughs> it's giving me right. little red riding hood in the face of the wolf so uh-huh. like brave but also kind of scared at the same time that's perfect it's also terrifying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she's terrifying or the wolf is terrifying that is terror. Yeah. That I don't know what is that a sculpture? <laughs> it is a porcelain cat. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, we can breeze past that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. That was perfect. Um, one last thing. Yeah. Probably not, but um, we are looking for a double rainbow, which is something nice that's happened in the past little while, just to liven us all up. Yep. Elliot, would you like to? No, go? I would not. Can you go first? Noah, do you have something? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the uh, the brunt of this. I think that my double rainbow over the past week was coming back to Toronto and seeing people I haven't seen here for a very long time, including my parents and my parents' dog, who for the first time in a very long time um, has given off the fact that she doesn't hate me. So that's a big, Aww. big step in our relationship. Good that. for you guys. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a, a positive for me. Oh, that makes me so happy. Tom, do you have one? Nope. Sure. Yes, I do. Um, I went to my friend's farmhouse this past weekend. Um, and it was really beautiful and for the first time and I don't know how long you could close your eyes and hear literally nothing which was so nice and you could also smell things that didn't include concrete garbage or exhaust which was also very nice and said it was manure yes exactly but I'm but your own manure (laughs) I was just rolling around like a pig and shit literally all weekend Um, why did you sound like Noah (laughs) it was me I'm so sorry I'm glad you didn't out me in that but I apologize for ruining your bed they were really nice sheets you're right um, yeah, no, it was just checking in with myself and being at the farm was really nice and also um, hanging out with my friends. So, yeah. That's cute. Tom. Um, I drove up to Muskoka this past week mm. and it was a really long car ride because of traffic. I was just like feeling myself, driving, like being that girl, that basic girl who's like listening to Taylor Swift's new album. I was album, just going to ask you what's your favorite song out. Oh, The Man okay, is obviously. absolutely my favorite song. I'd make you leave. Yeah, and then like at the yeah, it was just a great time. I usually don't like driving because I'm a homosexual. Yeah, but like, yeah, you should have seen me on the way here. I was like, 
as I was late, I was, you know, like very, very close to running a red light or like, <laughs> yeah. don't catch me. Or Toronto hitting five bikers. Or, yeah, I yeah, honestly yeah. was kind of scary down here. I didn't realize that all these bike lanes had been put in and yeah. I haven't been here in Toronto like permanently for a very long time. So I was like looking over my shoulder. I was like, oh, getting anxious. And then I'd being gay on top of all that. Exactly. It's worse. Yeah, it's just like constant anxiety plus driving anxiety. <laughs> exactly. It's a recipe from hell. Okay, plug yourself one more time. Um, queer here, queer there is the podcast, um, and yeah, you can follow it on all of the podcasting things or on SoundCloud. Perfect. Cool. Hey, rate, review, subscribe to Queer Here, Queer There, and also to Do, do you Queer What I Queer. That's a mouthful. Good job. Can you drop us an email at Do you Queer? Um, if you know a guest, if you'd like to be a guest, if you'd like to tell us you hate us, please do that. I don't care if you love us. We're here with open ears, Holes. open arms, open legs. The whole thing. Yeah. I'm prolapsing for your approval and your disdain. Um, tweet at us Instagram us Facebook us Yeah That's it Buy our shit Oh my god We're so bad at selling things We have merchandise oh, We'll do that in the opening Okay Without further a queer <laughs> See you next Tuesday Bye Bye, Bye. Oh Do you guys it's get hate mail? So I want to One person linked us to a weird syphilis thing Do you queer? 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 Do you que